I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Oh, on TV. <laughs> I'm getting well, near a TV. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Back to the Playing Footsie podcast. Uh, you're with me, Briscoe, and the two Steves, as usual. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, your weekly playing footsie podcast where we don't really talk about the footsie that very that often. Um, w- thank you very much to Steve W and Steve D who are joining me today. Steve, how's your week been? <laughs> How, how's your week been? You have to be and more specific. Your, yeah, what's your portfolio been like today? Yeah, I know. I was trying to confuse you. <laughs> So I, I, I well, I, I'm back from Headingley, everyone. So I'm just going to a little humble brag that I've been watching the Test today. Which, if anybody likes cricket, that'll be a good thing, I suppose. If anybody doesn't like cricket, they'll probably think I've been tortured for the last seven hours or whatever. But um, no, that was really interesting. So, it, well, the great thing about doing something else is you don't sort of spend your time staring at your portfolio. So it's nice to sort of, um, like. Get stock twits up and say like, "Hey, look, Etsy's up five percent. Why is that? No reason. You know what I mean? Because you know that's how stocks work in sort of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Is that you know they'll jump five percent despite being like fifty fifty billion market caps and and five percent, and we all just go, oh, that's nice. Whereas like you know three or four years ago, a five percent jump, you'd have been scratching around to see you know they've increased the sales by ten billion or whatever. But yeah, it's a funny old world, isn't it, Steve? How about you? How's your day week been? My day week's been quite nice, actually. Like you, I've also been to the cricket, but not today. Um, I went to the cricket last Friday. I saw the Eliminator for the 100 for my stag do as part of it. So I don't really remember how any of it went. I think it was quite good. But um, I'm sort of also mildly pleased to discover that I haven't sold my entire portfolio while I was hammered and out of it. Uh, so for anyone that's paying attention, Steve and I got married during COVID times, not to each other. Um, I was going to say. Since... <laughs> I wondered where this joke was going. <laughs> since I didn't have a stag do, we finally got round to having one last Friday. Uh, and that was really nice. We went to London and we did some stuff and we watched 100. I don't know what happened during most of that 100, if I'm honest. I just remember one of my mates elbowing me quite a lot because there was a Mexican wave coming round. I just wanted to sit quietly and look at the floor. Steve, can I put in the clip of you throwing the axes here? Uh, oh, I forgot I sent you that. Yeah, yeah, you can put in a clip of me throwing the axes. Cool, that'll be the first time Paul never sees it too. Oh, look, such a swagger on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's left. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Come on, write it down. What did he get? Four and... All right, yeah, fine. Here's what happened either. to my stag do. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, I have been to the cricket recently. I was at the uh, UK Ing or the GB. I don't even know oh, if it's God. UK or GB. Were GB, you lost? Yeah, GB Women's um, Trials. I was uh, covering that a couple of weeks ago. It was boring as fuck. Um, cricket <laughs> is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just just to let you know, I have been to cricket as well, and uh, I don't like it. 
Um, the, uh, <laughs> however, my portfolio has gradually grown this week, and that's a very uh, it's very interesting to see that everything is going up again at a stupid rate, and I don't know why because nothing's happening. There's only doom and gloom in the world uh, today. There has been a bomb at Kabul Airport, and that had absolutely no effects on stocks. When I imagine two or three years ago, that would have had a massive effect on on stocks, and lots of like people would have thrown their toys out of the pram there. But absolutely nothing is happening, and stocks just seem to keep going up. In particular, I one of the stocks that I bought, Google. I thought I was going to have to sit on for a while. I thought I bought that at quite a heavy peak, and I thought I was going to sit stagnant for that for a while. But Alphabet has just kept going up and i don't understand how i can have a stock that i've bought you know only a month ago and it's, it's like 18 19 20 percent yes it's just unbelievable um yeah so why why is this happening and why is it just because idiots like me just think oh yeah google's looks like a good company let's just put money in yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I think, but I think the thing about Google looking like a good company is it, it's actually, you know, <laughs> that is enough uh, of a look to know that Google is a really, really good company and, uh, yeah. and it could be an even better company if it chose not to invest as much money as it does in its other bets. Um, you could be looking at a serious, uh, company, not, not, not the, um, investments of yesterday, as somebody would have, would have said. What are you saying? You don't like, SMT. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just trying to yeah. think of that one. But when, when you talk about their invest, uh, their other other investments and stuff, are you into Waymo still, or do you just like are you a bit cautious around Waymo? And obviously, some of the historical um, things that Google used to be into, like Google Glass, is actually one of the things that's coming back. Believe it or not, I've recently seen. Uh, was it Facebook decided that it was going to bring out sunglasses again, and uh, well, I don't know if that's a good good thing. You see, the thing is about Google is, is that they can throw a billion pound into something and it fails, and they'll throw a billion pound into ten projects, and they only really need one of them to come off. In the same way that you know they can also, well, they used to be able to, whether they can do today, just go out and buy something for a billion pound that ain't worth it, and uh, that can end up being like YouTube or, or being like even like Android has has grown for them from from what was essentially an acquisition back in the day. So. Yeah, I'm not really bothered about what Google spend their money on. I think we they have earned the right to be trusted with how they spend their money. So throw it at the wall and they see if it sticks. That's yeah, basically yeah. Google's like next strategy. I just don't know if that's smart. Uh, it's probably smarter than sort of you or me or Steve throwing stuff at the wall and seeing <laughs> if it sticks. I mean, Google is something that can also have quite a bit of synergy that can be brought into the uh, kind of company and do well by being owned by uh, Google as a result of that. I guess none of this really answers Paul's kind of question, though, which is why is it moving in the last month or so? I mean, Google didn't become a brilliant company in the last month. Um, maybe it's improved a bit in a certain way. But look, it's always been a, had a search engine, which is effectively a cash printing machine. And that's not really been a secret. Um, it's always had things like Waymo, which have been kind of interesting, and that's not a secret either. Uh, it's had YouTube for quite a while, and YouTube is great, and everyone sort of already knows that. So the question is, what's kind of moving this most recent um, uh, price shift? And I don't own Google, so I don't know the answer to this. But here's one idea for you. The things that I've seen moving individual stocks, um, substantial amounts lately, is analyst adjustments, mm. um, basically. 
So actually nothing that has anything to do with the company per se, so much as people making punts about where the price of the thing's going. And I've noticed this go the other way on the Boston Beer Company, which was down about 5% the other day because investment bank Cowan uh, cut their price target in half down to 400 from 800. It's currently about 570, I think. And that looks to me like the kind of, we're always looking for kind of moves in prices that have nothing to do with underlying fundamentals. Cowan will tell you it does. They'll tell you it reflects a kind of um, deteriorating outlook for earnings and so on. But the fact that Cowan said, we don't think this is going above 400 anytime soon, or we think this should be at 400, isn't anything to do with what's going on at the Boston Beer Company. Nothing there is different to, uh, today as opposed to yesterday from that kind of outlook. So I don't know about Google, but I do wonder whether it's had some analyst upgrades or something like that. I could look this up, but that'd be cheating, and I'd need a search engine like <laughs> Google to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Should we play a game? Who's got the game on today? Is this uh ooh, ooh, I've got a game. Before we okay. move on, can... Could we just say uh, oh, no. the last bit of news was that obviously because of the peer pressure that we, we caused last week um, when we discovered OnlyFans had banned porn, they have since reversed that decision. So um, <laughs> if you'd like to thank us in the comments section for our hard work, please do. On with the game. Uh, and that yep. also means that I'm happy to start my OnlyFans again. So, uh, yeah, it might happen now. <laughs> Okay, so wipe down your monitors, everybody. I've got a game for you. Uh, uh, this week's game, with nothing happening in the markets for me to report on particularly, is called Eat My Shorts. Um, we don't talk much about short selling on this podcast. At least we don't talk about doing it very much. We talk about other people doing it, and we talk about it as kind of newsworthy and that sort of thing. But um, shorting is a kind of interesting business that neither that none of us has really got into. We're not traders. We don't run kind of... Uh, short positions as a standard part of our uh, portfolio. Um, but I'm running out of things that I can ask these two to guess which number's bigger on. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Let's talk about short interest, uh, which we kind of looked at for uh, during the kind of AMC GameStop short squeeze stuff. Here's how this will work. I've got 10 numbers. They are um, set up this time by, roughly speaking, by industry. I'll tell you two companies. Just tell me which one has a bigger short interest. Um, as a percentage of its shares outstanding. This sounds fun. Uh, yeah, good. I'm glad you think so. This took about three <laughs> minutes, this particular game. Um, I have a tiebreaker here, which um, I don't really know whether I want to use this or not, but I'm determined that following last week's um, steward's inquiry, Steve will not win. <laughs> uh, so we, we may get to this tiebreaker if we need to. Um, uh, Steve, would you like to go first? I would love to number? go first. I would love to have lucky number seven. Incorrect. Oh, sorry. Uh, number seven. Um, you have selected healthcare. Uh, so here's two very good looking companies um, that are both quite expensive. Uh, tell me which one of these has a bigger short interest out of um, genomics company Illumina and robot surgery company Intuitive Surgical. Oh. But I would imagine both of these are fairly low because these are both sort of successful companies. No, I feel like this is obvious, but I'm, but, you know, I'm not particularly good at these. Yeah, Paul, you are wrong. This is not obvious. This is close. Uh, right? Okay. okay. There you so go. on, there's a point already. I, ha <laughs> I have a feeling that that Steve would want me to pick Illumina, and that's why it's there. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose good. a point here, obviously, and I'm going to go for Intuitive Surgical. Uh, you are correct, and uh, you are wrong. Ah! 
Uh, intuitive Surgical has a short interest of 1.11%. Uh, Illumina has a short interest of 1.48%. They're both very low. Um, really low. One of the reasons that this is kind of interesting to me, though, is that both of these companies are ones that I have historically had in my portfolio, but actually mainly by looking at stuff like Fast Graphs, which is a kind of very heavily valuation-driven uh, software, I got freaked out at the kind of multiples and prices that these were trading at. And I thought, these are really expensive things. Mm. And the kind of they've done fine ever since then. Basically, they've kept moving forwards. I haven't really paid attention to what rates. But here's one of the interesting things to sort of take away from this, in terms of anyone who's interested in trying to short something, is that you don't short something just because you think it's overpriced. Because the market can make, remain irrational, even if you're right. The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. Stuff can stay up there for ages. And if you are shorting something, you're usually either doing it through a CFD, which you have to pay to hold on to. Or an option which will expire and you'll have to buy a new one. And either way, you are going to have to pay to short this thing. You need to be right within a specific kind of window. Mm. So just the fact that something is overpriced is not a good enough reason to try and take out a short position on it. Yeah, I'm really anyway. surprising that Illumina is um, actually up on the year. It's not one of the stocks that is down on the year, which is quite crazy. That's pretty good. I think it's down. Uh, well, I suppose it's down. If, from its absolute peak, it's down 6%. But actually, that's, that really surprised me. I had Illumina down as one of the stocks that was down about 30%. Kathy Woodstock, really, that's all. I think Paul's stolen because he's trying to figure out what numbers are left. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, we're, we're good because we've only had one so far, and uh, that was number seven. So I think I deserve <laughs> a point for that. Actually, <laughs> well, this can't carry on like last week forever, Paul. You can't get like a point for remembering your headphones. Or <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, number six, let's go. Okay, number six, Paul. You've selected uh, industrials. Um, so, which one has the bigger short interest out of these two? Uh, your favourite industrial, Raytheon, um, <laughs> or my favourite industrial, Lockheed Martin? Oh. See, I think this is hard because I think there's a lot You're on both. You're correct this time, Paul. This one is hard. <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, Lockheed Martin just because of how well it, it's done rather than how well the other one hasn't done. I'd have gone the other way around, I think, with this one. I know, I know. It's, it's a tough one. Steve, why would you have gone the other way around? I just think Raytheon seems to be the not as sort of well-performing company in my head, if that makes any it's sense. It's certainly at more risk than Lockheed Martin is, definitely hmm. at more risk. Here's another consideration to keep in mind here. So short, interested is, short interest sorry, is measured as a percent of the shares outstanding. Um, and if you have a bigger market cap, it's hard to go short um, uh, a bigger kind of number of shares here. Lockheed Martin has a bigger market cap, which would make it harder to have a bigger short interest than Raytheon. Uh, but Paul is right. Lockheed Martin does have the uh, higher short interest. Mm, there we go. Uh, uh, it has a 0.96% short interest as opposed to 0.93. That is low. Whereas I imagine Raytheon was getting shorted to the moon probably a year ago. Shorted to the moon. Who's <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, next? Yeah, Steve's go. It's not your go. You, <laughs> you've you've had to go, Paul. Don't get above oh. yourself because you've got the number right. I'll have ten. <laughs> ten. Uh, I think this is your favourite industry, Steve. I could be wrong. Uh, basic materials. Okay. Um. So have a choice between uh, lots of things mining company BHP, 
group. Um, and nothing mining company, but gold exploration company, Franco Nevada. Oh, God. I have, don't think I've ever looked at short interest ever. So, <laughs> Which one would you short, given a chance? I, well, uh, I would I would guess that the the more shorted company would be the one that has the less diversified revenue stream. So from that, I would say Franco Nevada would be, oh, would be my shout. I think you're shout, thinking but, too much. But I think, I think you're thinking well, too much. Like this idea. I but think I'm you're thinking, thinking too much, and you're not keeping up with the news on. Uh, well, that's the opposite of what well. I was going to say. I think that <laughs> perhaps because gold is going to, you know, potentially do well in a in a sort of inflationary environment, maybe. Oh bollocks! No, I'm going for Franco Nevada. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I can hear that from my own. I'm, in your, I am hovering from your over the there. wrong, hovering over the wrong answer button, sir. <laughs> yeah, fire away then. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I needed yeah, that. Um, one. I needed so... that one to come to me because I, I had BHP in my head because it's had a lot of bad news recently and uh, the think... uh, commodities are uh, reversing as well a little bit as well. I think it was a bold move to try and go short on the one that is after gold, which is probably going to do all right over the one that I think BHP mines coal, at least partly, doesn't it? We got, mm, I think yeah, it's got think a little so. bit, but I think it's uh, a lot of iron and stuff. Coal, like that well. oil, was, iron, gold, mm, nickel, isn't it, I think? As a general rule, I think anything that's got much exposure to coal is going to get shorted quite heavily. It's hard to find an industry that's kind of less popular, apart from apart from maybe office REITs. But, uh, oh, hang on, wait. Um, I can't remember what REITs <laughs> I put on this thing. Oh, God, I didn't put the office REITs, never mind. But BHP has a short interest of around 12%, Franco Nevada around 6 That one was less close. Hmm. Interesting okay, one Paul. on iron. Interesting hmm. one on iron. Uh, it's an article that I saw the other day, actually, um, which I haven't had time to research, but there's a Swedish company that believes it's uh, delivered 100 metric tonnes of... Or, um, inorganic iron, as in they they created it from. Uh, I was just say organic um, iron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other this is you can only get this iron from waitress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um yeah. So they've they've uh, they've manufactured this iron ore, and it's quite pure. And um, yeah, they've done it all from green energy. So um, oh, cool. I'm kind of having to look into this because i'm quite heavily invested in rio tinto so i want to know more about this uh, but yeah if anyone else has seen that just uh, let me know because i haven't had a chance to so poorly research the point i'm making there number three please well done <laughs> um uh, number three is cyclicals uh so how about some chinese internet retail thingamy jd.com uh versus some south american retail thingamy uh mercado libre and how long ago did you populate this information? Wednesday. Oh, sorry, so yesterday, uh, in terms of this podcast being recorded. Oh, that's such a, that's on a teetering. I'm going to go for JD.com because of the China news. But uh, oh, it's recently spun around, hasn't it, a little bit? That doesn't, of course, mean a short interest has gone away particularly, but you are correct. Mm. Ding! Yep, JD.com with not as much of a short interest as I was expecting, considering the kind of China news and the way in which the general trend appears to be downwards. Some of these Chinese stocks had a bit of a bounce earlier this week. 
Uh, and a lot of people were thinking that's the bottom. They might be right about that, but I saw, I was looking at the Alibaba chart that looked like it had a bottom in July as well, and that then carried on quite a bit, um, which is bad news for my sampler, which we may or may not come back to, depending on whether I can talk about this for another hour or so to make sure there's no time for it. Uh, but yeah, JD.com with a short interest of 4%, Mercado Libra with a short interest of 3 Okay, Steve. <laughs> um... <laughs> I will go with number one. Okay. Uh, defensive things that are not like Lockheed Martin-style defensive things. Oh, good. Uh, how about like... Warren Buffett defensive thing, Kroger? <laughs> and Warren Buffett defensive thing, Kraft Heinz? Uh, oh. No, this this feels quite straightforward in my head. I think Kraft Heinz, because it's got a shit ton yeah. more debt than Kroger, would be something of interest to short interest. And, and severe decline in le revenue. I looked at it a while ago. It's really... It looks like a mess, Kraft Heinz does. Yeah. It does. Uh, you are both <laughs> wrong. Oh. <laughs> well, aren't I doing well? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I have to start making up some scoring in a minute if we're not yet careful. I'm not, no, if, uh, if we to play the tiebreaker, I'm going to have to get five points from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought maybe I would do it by trying to slow Paul down than by um, <laughs> uh, than trying think... to find points out of your thing. Out of interest there, because you're quite into Kroger and Buffett stuff, did you think the same there? Did you think that Kraft Heinz would have been the most shorted or... When you were building this, surely that surprised no, you. Um, no, it didn't that much surprise me in the sense that Kraft Heinz is that bit bigger than Kroger, I think, or at least I thought yeah. it was by market cap. Um, yeah. And Kroger's in a business that has miserable margins, and it sort of famously has miserable margins. I think this was the only interesting thing in the Buffett thirteen F, for what it's worth. So that's partly why I put this question in here, so we can get this out there without trying to run a big section on that. Uh, the main thing Buffett's been buying is Kroger, from what I can see of it, and it's kind of tricky to see why a little bit. But one of the things that comes out in a lot of Buffett interviews is that he thinks that retailers are winning the war against brands in terms of um, shelf space and that kind of thing. I mean, he thinks that, uh, look at Costco as a good example, having built uh, the Kirkland brand pretty much from nowhere and pushing out lots of other things left and right. And of course, Kraft Heinz is a big brands-based uh, outfit. Kroger is a retailer. I kind of see this buying into uh, Kroger as, as a way of sort of manifesting that general idea that it's the direction of travel is towards retailers, even with the tight margins you associate with retail and away mm. from brands, basically. Mm, fair enough. Uh, what we got? Uh, number two? Just before, what were the numbers, Steve? What was the short interest difference between them two? Just out of interest? Uh, six for Kroger, uh, basically six for Kroger and basically five for Kraft Heinz. Oh, fair enough. Wow. Quite a big difference Shots as well, though. Hmm. <laughs> Paul, if you say a number that has already been taken, I'm going to fine you a point. Okay. <laughs> Steve is losing by a lot. Okay, no problem then. Uh, number seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a fine. <laughs> you said two, didn't you, before? Yeah, you did say Yeah, two. I did, yeah. I said number two. All right. Have two. <laughs> two is financials. Uh, um, oh, lovely. Which of these would you rather be short? Uh, a bank who sends your money to the wrong people, specifically Citigroup. <laughs> um, or a bank that has accounts but no people, specifically Wells Fargo. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Um, I would rather 
probably short city, <laughs> but I think it's um, I think it's going to be Wells Fargo because they're just having a massive staff problem, aren't they, uh, with the payments and stuff? So uh, Wells Fargo, I'll go with. Yeah, very good, Paul. Uh, you are getting Steve back into this game. That's wrong. Uh, City Group with a short interest of 1.59 Wells with a short interest of 1.17 both of which I was kind of looking at fairly recently because it feels to me like most of the bad news is out uh, for Mm -hmm. these two or at least I mean I've been fooled once like this before right I mean I feel like every time I think the bad news is kind of out for either Wells or City something else ridiculous happens, right? Like City randomly send the money to the wrong people. <laughs> uh, and then oh, you can't make this stuff up. And then people say something like, well, look, it's not that they sent the money to the wrong people because they'll get it back, right? Uh, it's just that how can you have a bank that is set up like that? And then it turns out that, in fact, no, they can't get it back. Um, whoever it's, whoever they sent it to just kind of got to say, well, find his keepers. My money now. <laughs> um, it, and it kind of got worse and worse and worse. It wasn't that, was it? What didn't they actually, City actually owed them that money. They didn't just, they just didn't need to pay them it right now. And they, because they paid it off in full instead of installments, the company were like, we don't have to give you this back. It's, it's, yeah, you owe us. was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a big, big, big thing, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it's, um, what, what do you think of banks at the moment? Are you, uh, are you going to buy into any banks right now? Mm, neither of those <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, you still on, are you still on your Canadian bank, Steve? Uh, only Bank of Nova Scotia. I did buy HSBC the other day, which I think I spoke about at the time. I've I've got a sort of particular bull case on on them, which we could save for later. I could do that later. Yeah, if you sure. Like. Yeah, well, that, we'll have a chat about that later. Uh, number number one, Steve. Oh, do you lose? Number... A, do you lose a point? No, no. <laughs> Showing off now. Okay, Steve. You've selected number one. Which has a larger short interest out of Kroger and Kraft Heinz? <laughs> pa- pa- Paul, what was the answer from before? <laughs> <laughs> What's the right, actual right, question? Or is that the actual question? <laughs> no, that's, you, you've, you've that chosen one. a number that's already taken. We've never taken one. You have? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, four... Four is available. Um, well, I'm Paul now, and I'm writing the numbers uh, yeah. down. T- time to give Steve D a kick in. Uh. All right, then Paul in disguise. Uh, see how you get on with this question about REITs. Um, uh, which do you think has a larger short interest out of Realty Income and Simon Property Group? I mean, one of the reasons that REITs are an interesting thing to try and short, by the way, is that if you are short a company via CFD in particular, uh, you pay the dividend out uh, when you do that. So if you run through a next dividend date and you're shorting things, you you pay out the dividend that you've um, sold effectively, which is interesting. Yeah, well, I don't really know. But I, I have a sort of general feeling that Sam Property Group probably has a lower quality of the two. and it has, Sam Property has malls, doesn't it, as well? So, so property is basically malls. Well, that's um, it. That still feels like a sensible thing to me. Malls are shit. Salmon Property Group. Yes, Salmon <laughs> Property Group has the highest quality malls anywhere. Okay. Yeah, that's true. 
Am I right? So what's, what's the answer? Because <laughs> you genuinely don't know the answer. Sorry, did, did, you, did you say realty income, Steve? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, Steve. <laughs> realty income <laughs> has a short interest of uh, 7.41%. <laughs> Cyber Property Group has a uh, short interest of 6.18%. I could have told you Still those percentages. A... <laughs> yeah, quite... quite uh... Quite high, quite high percentages actually. Um, hmm. uh, there's, still, high. there's still a lot uh, I've I've got to process because um, obviously realty income is going through a merger at the moment that I I've kind of got my head around. Thank you to Beijing Bar- Barry for uh, pointing out the article to me because I I, I have, I've been so behind on quite a lot of this. It's it is becoming harder and harder to to follow all these companies, uh, but they're getting rid of all their office space basically. Uh, realty income are so they don't see. Uh, office spaces become as being a, a good thing going forward and obviously on Simon Properties angle it's planning as far as I've taught I've seen to sell a lot of its mall space to Amazon because it's trying to uh, create create itself into little mini warehouses to get uh, some some stuff ready for same day delivery or they reckon two hour delivery they reckon they can do it in so and uh, they're in they're in chats with Amazon at the moment. I don't know if that fell through, but that's still very much in the works. That's just something. Hmm. My little bit of knowledge on both of those two REITs right now. On the subject of REITs, actually, on this kind of thing, I mean, Steve, you're not short REITs as far as I understand it, but you did earlier in the year, earlier this calendar year, I think, sell pretty much all of your REITs, right? I did, yeah, you haven't stole my REITs out so, yeah, I, I felt generally that <clears throat> there was a couple of issues, really, in that uh, two of the REITs I was in were quite severely overvalued and I was, uh, they were giving me sleepless nights and I sought out of realty income earlier because of the same reason really in that I thought they had too much office and office was a was a going to be a problem moving forward and, well I, I wasn't alone in that I think I think universally that's yeah. that's a pretty sort of common even common them thing even yeah. even them by the way even them now yeah uh, <laughs> yeah uh, so um yeah I, I still think realty. What have I got down for realty? Uh, so I've got my little board over here, which I've kind of written down what I would pay for most of these these uh, companies. And uh, oh, fifty one dollars I've got written down to pay for O at the minute, which is quite low, uh, hmm. lower than well, I is thought. Is it that now? But is it about sixty ish? Must, must be must be sixty five at the minute. Yeah, I was thinking it's probably higher than that. Yeah, it's probably about 65. So, yeah, uh, it could be a while before I buy any more realty income. <laughs> I might have, a, might have a look at that one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, interesting that you've sold out of all the REITs. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about digital realty on the other one as well, weren't you? It was the yeah, Alexandria Digital Realty, realty and Prologis were my three. Uh, oh, Prologis as well. Yeah, it's a good quality REIT, Prologis, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they are. They are pretty much the most highly <laughs> over overvalued, as you could possibly say. Uh, REITs. Um, Annalee, I was looking at the other day as well. I, I feel like that was one of your favourites, Steve W. At one point, I was looking at that the other day. Still haven't decided. Still haven't. There's a lot I'm just kind of teetering with at the minute because I think you've got to be very careful in the market at the minute about what you're buying, and you've got to be really. Uh, you basically you've got to be prepared i think if you're going to buy something in in this day and age you've got to be prepared for it to just drop 70 percent tomorrow uh, because i think you should be all always be sort of ready for that uh numbers because i've totally forgot what's uh out there number nine pollocks well played paul 
Um, <laughs> well played. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, since you're interested in shorting things, you think they might drop 70% tomorrow. See which of these you would short. This is utilities, uh, for what it's worth. Um, how about, uh, utility of the moment, growth utility, uh, next era, um, and the next biggest utility that I could find, which was Dominion. <laughs> uh, ooh, interesting one. Um, so Dominion, Dominion's got a... <laughs> bit of a story at the moment hasn't it it's got a good growth story going on and then next era has got an equally reasonable growth story but <laughs> i believe it has i'm going to go with your market cap idea so i'm guessing i'm going to guess that dominion's got a higher market cap which means next era is going to be my choice but then i might have that information totally wrong you do have that information. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm pretty sure Next Era has a bigger. Yeah, I was going to say double. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just thought it had a bigger price and it has less shares. But yeah, you're right. So infuriatingly, that is correct. That uh, Next Era has the biggest short interest. Unfortunately, I refuse to give you a point because your working out was incorrect. <laughs> no, that was just, one. <laughs> that wasn't totally the working out. It was always going to be Next Era because it's just gone so up so massively at the at, at the at recently. It was always, I, in my opinion, it was just it was always going to be Next Era. But yeah, I didn't. Know. Fine, score is still trying three to, one. Um, trying to bring something to it. <laughs> neither of these has is an amazing short idea for what it's worth. Because one thing that you want for a short uh, idea is uh, you want volatility, i.e. you want the price to move, and you want the price to move a lot within a certain time, mm. basically. And both of these are pretty low beta uh, stocks, beta being basically a measure of how much it moves relative to the broader market. Uh, and NextEra has a something like 0.17 beta, and Dominion has a 0.36 beta. So if you're going to short either of these, you need a pretty good reason for thinking something's going to happen soon, because it's unlikely to happen violently uh, basically i mean a big market move might help but it would only move it by a little bit kind of thing so mm. you don't have a an enormous great jackson hole style correction to try and help you here uh, or something along those lines so yeah those are just some interesting thoughts about trying to short either of those two i guess or things that stood out yeah. to me steve Dominion, i think owns the biggest wind farm in the u.s now i think something like that i think um uh, that was one of the biggest stories yeah, it was one of the biggest stories that I'd read about them recently. It owns a lot fewer natural gas pipes than it used to. Yeah, well, yeah, it sold it all. <laughs> it sold it all to Berkshire and its share price went through the floor, I think. Oh, is it to Berkshire? I thought they did something with Duke, didn't they? You might be right about that, actually. So they tried to sell more uh, natural gas pipes, I think, to Berkshire and the regulators stopped them because it would, uh, I think, monopoly concerns around Berkshire owning basically all the yeah. pipes. I feel like it went to Duke Energy, um, but yeah, that's a really old story now. That is, that must be over a year ago they did that. Yeah. Uh, what you got for the next number? Eight was what Steve said. Eight is available. Um, okay, Steve, your uh, your sector is communications, whatever that means. Um, how about flat trading company next uh, Netflix um, and flat trading communications company AT and T. <laughs> well, it's got to be obvious, right? It seems obvious. Both of which have a, a beta of zero, as far as I can tell. 
on account of how they never go anywhere at all. I just have no idea. I've learned a lot during this uh, game, and the, the lot I've learned really? is that I shouldn't short anything. Um, I mean, literally, unless unless the brokerage are giving me freebies, uh, I will never win. So let's just complete the five wrong answers by going for Netflix. You've ruined it, Steve. That is correct. Yes! Six <laughs> points in your face, Paul! <laughs> uh, yes, Netflix has a short interest of about 3%. AT&T has a short interest of about 1.48. I don't think it's a very easy company to try and short, no, if I'm either. honest. Too big. It's, Doesn't uh, move. It's too big. Mm. It's not volatile enough. Uh, and you have to pay a dividend out that I think is still reasonably well intact at the current moment for, for trying to short it as well. And John Stanky, you don't want him telling you off. He's got a very terrifying voice. <laughs> I I actually think there's going to be a big move once once the uh, cut happens. I think a lot of people are going to still freak out because they still haven't... They still just don't believe that the cut's going to happen or, or something. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one on AT&T. I'm just going to hold it and see. I'm buying little nibbles every now and then. Every time it dips under, you know, halfway down 27. We'll see. It's. Uh, I was checking. I was actually checking out its history, its historical market cap, and it's uh, still ridiculously below year 2000 levels. Something like 50% down from uh, year 2000 levels. Uh, I was checking out earlier. Just an interesting one. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm. I'm literally guessing. I think it's number. 10 that's left good minus one have another go uh, uh, I'm I, I, a win this game well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, ten, uh, number five bollocks very good Paul oh. we're in business here number five is the return of a familiar theme actually um, which is tech companies that I don't know anything about uh, which Steve introduced as a category last week, and I immediately got the answer right just by swinging wildly at <laughs> <in> it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think no, no, I knew that Snowflake had the highest price sales ratio of that, and a couple of other companies that I can't remember what they were. CrowdStrike and something. Uh, but okay, see how you go with these, Paul. Which of these has a bigger short interest? Um, tech company that I'm not sure quite what it does. Fastly, uh, or tech company that I don't know want to know what it does. Riot Blockchain. <laughs> this is a size this is a size thing again this is this is gonna be another size problem right it's tiny it's gotta be tiny and fastly has one customer so i'm gonna say <laughs> fastly well I, I can i just step in and say i don't think they're gonna be that much different in market cap and fastly mm-hmm. has quite a lot of customers because when it went down the <laughs> other day loads of shit went down so but i'm still think fastly is probably the most shorted because it keeps going down it looks like easy free money uh so you both think fastly then Hmm. was that right paul you said fastly too yeah yeah he was just trying to defend his uh i'm pretty sure he owns fastly I think he might have got tempted, actually, because I was talking to him around the time that that uh, Fastly stuff was going down, and they do appear to have some quite big customers, from what I could see of it. HMRC's uh, was impressed by there. Yeah, I, that's not a great advert for anything. Yeah, but doesn't... But, isn't, uh, um, it's, uh, I, forgot the, I forgot who we're talking about now, but uh, there's one company that just owns, like, makes up, like, 40% of their revenue or something. Who, who is it? Not Apple. Well, Amazon, I think. 
Is it Amazon? I couldn't remember if yeah. it was Apple or Amazon. But yeah, it's about yeah. 30, 40% of their revenue. And that's, I don't know. That's Good a bit news, much Steve. for me. Go on. Can I press it? <laughs> yeah, you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you why had some good we... thoughts along the way, though. Why didn't I just go with the the Bitcoin company? <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I don't know I was... why you didn't go with the Bitcoin company. <laughs> I was just, I was like, wait, why is he asking me this? Like, he's got Fastly, who is a big, big company that everybody loves, and then I've got the the cryptocurrency co- company. It's got to be too obvious. Fastly's only I a couple of billion. Double Mm, is it? Steve is saying the right thing here, which was the thought yeah. that you had that was a good thought. Um, no, these sorry, are both too small to really be good short candidates. But yeah, yeah. When when you when I said big, I meant it's a really popular company. Mm. Generally, people haven't got much to, they're bad to say. Whereas um, Right Blockchain is just a cryptocurrency company, and it's based on whatever's going on in the crypto world at the moment. Well, which we won't get um, into. It might surprise you to learn that 23% of Fastly shares are short. Mm. Wow. Uh, which is big. Right, blockchain mm. 26, for what it's worth. So these oh, wow. two are comfortably mm. the biggest short interests that we've talked about so far. Um, wow. And it's unusual to find people with a big short interest on a something. Both of these have market caps under 10 billion. And that makes them kind of usually harder to short because what you want normally is something with room to fall. Uh, and the less room it has to kind of uh, fall, the harder it is to short. So normally uh, candidates for shorts are sort of 20 billion plus, And between sort of two and 10, you're looking for kind of longer ideas if you're a trader because room to run upside, basically, uh, and room to fall downside if you're looking to go short here. Great news then. We've managed to engineer another tie uh, with Paul picking <laughs> the wrong number. What the hell was the score? <laughs> uh, the score eventually was, I've decided it's two each. Brilliant. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here is the tiebreaker. Um, I've only ever really considered seriously shorting two companies uh, in my life uh, because the reasons I've been discussing, to be honest, so far, one is I don't know enough about shorting. Another is that I think you need very good and specific reasons to short something that I nearly never find. So not just it's overpriced. I can say that about a lot of companies. Um, but it's going to go down and go down soon is something that has usually put me off. So the time frame has usually been a concern. But I've had two short ideas that I never really enacted. So one of them was uh, that company called Signal, um, where Elon Musk tweeted out that people should leave uh, WhatsApp and go and join Signal. And then the share price went up like 10 times or something. And I I, I was very much struck by a thought of this is coming down quickly once people realize that they've bought the wrong fucking company. Um, (laughs) That's got to be worth a go at getting short, hasn't it? Uh, (laughs) But then I sort of wondered, the kind of people who buy that on that misapprehension i wonder how long it takes them to figure out they've got the wrong damn thing um, so I, <laughs> they're still holding it uh they're not still holding it but i was very tempted to short that i didn't do it for that kind of reason here's the other thing i've been tempted to try and short uh companies called zomedica um they Ooh. as far as i can tell make absolutely nothing uh from what i can see of it uh they are pre-revenue they are so they make, I think, um, equipment for assistance animals. So like guide dogs and uh, hearing dogs and so on and so forth. I mean, they make them in the same sense that I make them and that neither of us has actually produced a product yet. So why not? I am also a, a guide dog equipment company. Um, but their share price shot up during the lockdown period when uh, Carol Baskin of Tiger King fame uh, did a kind of video piece as a sponsored ad saying she would consider using their um, products or something like that. This company's 
still doing kind of reasonably well out of that from what I can see of it in terms of its market cap. So as a tiebreaker question, what do you reckon the short interest on Zomedica is? Well, I'm going to tell you why uh, Zomedica is still so high. It's because a lot of fucking idiots on YouTube decided to buy it and they're still talking it up every single week. They're still banging on about Zomedica, even though, like you say, it's never produced anything. It's got absolutely zero scale. Um, so yeah, you're asking me what the percentage of Zomedica is shorted. Yep. <laughs> well, I've All written right, a number down. I have no idea, Paul, so why don't you go first and I'll revise my number based on yours. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what? I might do something silly and just go really high uh, and say 114%. That's quite high. So you think that the people who have been shortening it have sold them on to someone who has then sold them on to someone else in at least quite a lot of yeah. cases here, right? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. I thought I went high with 35. <laughs> 35%. <laughs> Steve, you are you are nowhere close um, Good. with your apparently very high number. Uh, Paul <laughs> is even further away, mind you. Um, <laughs> so the actual short interest percentage on Zomedica, and the reason we were looking at Zomedica rather than Signal is because I couldn't find a short interest percentage on Signal. Um, mm. Zomedica has a short interest of just under 9%, so it's a significantly less rewarding short than Fastly or Riot Blockchain, uh, wow. in spite of all the kind of noise. Uh, which means that Steve, with 35%, is um, <laughs> the, the closest. Out to, by wow. a factor of four. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's very, um, yeah, I feel very deflated by 9% of uh, short mm -hmm. interest. Uh, it's not enough, is it? That's a shame. Do you feel like you were robbed in this game by any chance? No, I I, I'm all right. To I, interrupt him. I don't, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know what the score was <laughs> to keep the track. Because if you do feel like you were robbed, welcome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Paul, I think you managed to get four right, I got one right, and I still won. So, <laughs> on, to the on to the next part. Yeah. Um, what we're going to talk about today, I've actually got absolutely zero uh, notes up. So, um, what did we have in mind next? Are we just going? Are we talking about some of our favourite stocks? Uh, is there any news you guys wanted to talk about today? Stocks. You two do your stocks. Okay, we'll talk about some stocks then. Uh, who you got, Steve W? What you got on stocks? All right, I feel like I've been talking a lot here, but I'll, I'll pick up with a stock that I kind of like the look of at the moment. I think it's probably one for the watch list rather than one to buy. I do own this, but I'm not buying it at the prices that it's now at. Uh, so the company's called Graco, uh, and this is one that you may or may not have heard of. If you listen to the Motley Fool podcast, you might have heard of them. If you like the Morningstar articles, you might have heard of them. I haven't really seen them mentioned anywhere else. Uh, they sound like quite an exciting company, so here's what they do. Uh, they make industrial machinery for hard, uh, difficult to handle or difficult to process fluids. And when I read this, I thought, oh, that means things that need to be kept at kind of sub-zero temperatures or that are somehow dangerous or something like that. So things that are hard to store and transport and so on. It doesn't really mean that, to be honest. It turns out that what it means is mainly stuff like peanut butter, which <laughs> if you try and pump that through a normal kind of pump or spray or something, it will just jam your pump and spray, um, which... 
it turns out, actually, there's good money to be made, I think, from companies making pumps for peanut butter and paint spraying for cars and all these kind of things that need specialist um, equipment, basically. And Graco is the best at doing this kind of thing. They have a market cap of around 13 billion or so. They have no debt that's not covered by the, basically their cash. They have a huge return on invested capital. They're quite hard to attack from above because the market for this is sufficiently niche as to be difficult for anyone to uh, put a significant amount of capital and trying to get hold of. They're quite difficult to attack from below because they have pretty much cornered this kind of market. Um, and they have quite nice margins and good amounts of recurring revenue. So, so lots to like here, both qualitative side and quantitative side. There's kind of two catches, I guess, to just round out this overview on it, which mean that I don't think it's a buy right now. One is that the bigger they get, the harder it becomes for them to grow. Uh, and growth is becoming an issue for them a little bit. They've had a big bounce this year in their earnings because industrials cyclically exposed. COVID was not a good thing uh, for them, fairly obviously. Um, and they're currently quite expensive in terms of their both their price earnings ratio, the amount of times you have to pay for their free cash flow, that sort of thing. So I think they're expensive. Uh, if the Fed says in the next 24 hours that they're going to immediately taper off everything um, and here come interest rates and the market all goes down by 30%, I would be buying this hand over fist. Uh, but at its current levels, I think it's probably just a little high. Greco must have been uh, working on my two-year-old sphincter recently because it's been pushing peanut butter out like, ridiculously. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just a little bit of news about home there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Greco's not one that I've uh, I've I've seen, so uh, definitely wish I had looked up this before uh, <laughs> before uh, we we went on we went on to record this. Um, so uh, when do you think you're going to buy it? Have you got a sort of price target on this at all? So I was buying it about ten percent before it, uh, um, lower than its current price, basically, um, and yeah. it's. It had a, what I thought was quite a good uh, Q2 earnings, but the market didn't particularly agree with that. It beat its top and bottom lines uh, and then fell again a little bit. And I thought about kind of topping up, but um, it's it's interesting in terms of thinking about... So this is a cyclical. It's quite heavily cyclically exposed with industry like that. Um, mm. I would wait until people think everything's doom and gloom in the US economy because this company won't, it's very hard for a company like Graco to go bankrupt, basically. They have more cash than any yeah. kind of liabilities. And it's, you're not going out of business like that. There'll be good years, there'll be bad years. And for a cyclical, there will be quite pronounced good years and bad years. They're in the good times at the moment. Uh, I think it might just be as straightforward as having another look when it looks like the bad times, basically, because I suspect the yeah. market will think, oh dear, it's bad, it'll be bad forever. Yeah, and just looking at it now, it's up 88% since COVID, uh, the COVID drop, and uh, I'm guessing the S&P 500 is well over 100% now. So it's uh, definitely fallen behind the market. But then if you're saying it's a defensive stock, um, yeah, it's got, you know, it's got, got one of them things that you buy, buy for the bad times when you think everything is dying and this is a company that's pretty much going to hold up. I think I've got another company, which is pretty similar. Um, one I've been looking at at the moment is Anthem. It's um, one of the health insurance stocks in the US because I think they were doing quite poorly 
uh, lagging behind the S&P 500. So I think that uh, in general, I think healthcare, uh, pharmaceutical, and obviously these um, these insurance companies' stocks, uh, they've, they've, they've got a bit of room to, to come back a bit. They are still trading at relatively high PEs. They're all around the 20s. Uh, some of the bigger ones like United Health, uh, company which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago i think um that's on about uh pretty close to 30p at the moment but anthem was one that stood out for me because it works in a slightly different way to what united health do um so united health is uh the big insurance company it's the national one and all of the others seem to run exactly the same by running on a national level and just giving out a blanket level of insurance. Uh, I think Cigna's very, very similar. And the one that you mentioned earlier, which I haven't quite looked into yet, uh, Humana, uh, that's um, Humana. The, uh, probably the third biggest. Humana, sorry. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the third business. Definitely haven't looked into that one to see how that one works yet. But uh, two, two of the biggest things uh, for Anthem for me right now is that it works in a different way to United Health and its blanket healthcare, where... Uh, Anthem goes into certain states or certain localities and it decides to sort of set up its process in that area. And when it does that, it is both gathering lots of customers from the local employment there. So it enters uh, different employers and says to them, hey, we'll provide your health insurance for X amount. And you can go to United where you get this blanket one or because we're growing so many customers, we can get you into locally uh, uh, into the hospitals locally and we can uh, kind of reap the benefits of that. And it kind of generates this great cycle where they get more employees, they get more health insurance from the employees. It, it's able to drive down costs by going into the local hospitals and it creates this little circle of life that um, ultimately drives higher margins. And what they tend to do, because I think they're only in about 15 states right now, um, they tend to grow one big state and they get into the area, grow it, grow it, grow it, and then they move on to the next one. And they're slowly taking over America in this way, uh, trying to do it slightly differently. There are a little bit behind on some of the things like the pharmaceutical thing. I think it's called Innovia RX. Uh, that's just off the top of my head because I've got absolutely no notes on this right now. Um, but uh, because of this growing thing, because it's got quite good ties with CVS, uh, it seems to have a lot of analysts thinking that the earnings over the next couple of years are going to go pretty awesome. Next year, free cash flow is probably going to take a bit of a hit because this year it did very well because apparently no one went to hospital. So uh, it really didn't have to deal with too many uh, insurance claims, which left it with a hell of a lot of free cash. Uh, it means that next year it won't grow as much. And in fact, they, they believe that they might take a bit of a dip next year. So there's a lot here to sort of talk about the risks I've, uh, of all of their healthcare stocks. And the reason why I think they are beaten down a little bit right now is because of the possibility that, you know, the US could bring in something similar to the NHS and have a universal basic healthcare system. A lot of what uh, Anthem is about right now is getting a lot of that money from Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, it's it's definitely providing a lot of that stuff. So uh, it is well within this uh, this sort of area. But the other big thing that's kind of de-risked from that front is that 
a lot of the times when this has been proposed to Congress uh, that we might bring in a universal basic uh, universal basic income, universal basic health care, something like the NHS, um, they kind of reject it. That everyone seems to completely reject it, whether that's down to lobbying or whether it's just down to, you know, the idealistic capital capitalist society that the US is. It wants to avoid that socialism at all costs because that could go really badly for whoever decides to bring that in. They kind of want to do a halfway thing with Medicaid and Medicare. So this will still allow companies like Anthem United Health to still remain quite uh, bold in this market. And I think there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of uh, margin margin gain. Uh, it's it's more of their earnings rather than revenue. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever looked into the healthcare stocks, but this is what I'm starting to see in this side of, of the market there. And it feels like they're, they're either right on their possible valuation or they're a little bit under. Yeah, so I had looked into this sector quite a bit and uh, I looked into Anthem and uh, I looked into Humana as well, which was a full recommendation, which has done pretty pretty poorly actually since full recommendation. I think it's fairly fairly static. It's uh, it's definitely, it's not an exciting industry, I guess so. Um, but I, I opted for United Health and I got United Health at a fantastic price. And I remember telling Steve that I was incredibly happy with this price. I paid around $250 for United Health. Um, and I was pretty over the moon with that price. But as I started to research the area more, I got shook out by the same reasons that Paul were talking about. Now, I was worried about a rapid expansion of Medicare and Medicaid and and whether that would cut United Health Group's margins down, which would obviously mean that that was a significant cut in, in United Health Group. So I sold five and a half shares of United Health, which would have been a pretty decent sized position today for a mere £59 of profit. At the time, Steve told me <laughs> it was probably one of the stupidest things I've ever done. And he said, that's probably your position that I like the most. Um, and uh, it has proven to be a fairly stupid decision because it's ran up another $125 since then. But, Steve, anything yeah, on that? Yeah, of course it was a stupid decision. And the reason I know it was a stupid decision was because I'd done it shortly before you did, uh, which means that obviously it was a stupid decision. I'd also sold this at around uh, $300. Uh, it's now at about 415 or so. I do remember, though, why I sold this, and it wasn't just crazy. Um, I mean, in fairness to you, it being the position of yours that I like the most might well be a decent reason for you to sell it. But, um, uh, for, uh, yeah, so I sold it because I felt I was healthcare exposed enough and I wanted to buy something else at the time. I was opening in a position in a company that I think we've not mentioned on this podcast ever, actually. Uh, but it's called Bristol-Myers Squibb. And, uh, oh. yeah, if anyone's um, <laughs> ever... Uh, heard of that one that was where the money from united health went in my case the money i had in my portfolio i was looking at selling to buy it's not the worst idea in the world in principle selling something because you think you see a better opportunity um you know you may be wrong about that i probably was wrong about that certainly so far i've been proven to be wrong but um it's that's where the money from my united health stuff went when i was in this as well similar concerns to yourself getting shaken out there hmm so I've got two stocks, Paul, that I'll just quickly well, touch I've done a bit on, of it. Um, just to sort of... Uh, I've got um, Vulcan Materials, which is uh, essentially the exact same price, um, same idea as um, Steve, really. It's very overpriced at the moment. Um, they do um, aggregates, they do um, 
basically anything you need to to lay a foundation in house will come from Vulcan materials. We've said on here that we think that America's going to go through a housing boom, so Vulcan materials will naturally be busy. They have a more ish insofar as that it's very difficult to transport aggregates about it's difficult to have them in the sort of amount that you need them it's difficult to get them where you need them in the sort of time frames that and in the in the scale that um vulcan materials can do it they're in a low cost area as well um it's quite a lot going from the massive growth in revenues they look like a growth company they sell rocks um but yeah they're a really interesting company i just wouldn't pay a 38p ratio for something like that i think it's properly properly overblown have they acquired something recently i don't know i have a feeling it was something like almost something like us steel in the last quarter or so that they did they had a big acquisition i i don't think it was us steel but i had a feeling in the last quarter they had an acquisition of something hmm. we'll report back on that you do want to google it while i do the second yeah all right yeah, okay. we were looking the at this one a couple of months ago, before, we? And it's a company I've just moved into, and it's a... <laughs> and it's a FTSE company as well. Um, so it's... <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about a FTSE company that play FTSE. But I really like HSBC at the moment. I've been over my thesis with uh, with you guys before, but um, basically I think they are selling off all the unprofitable arms. They are starting to release that capital out. They're focusing on the areas that they know best and they do best. They're getting rid of the retail money that they've, they've, they've always run at a loss. They're focusing on, on the Far East. They're the experts in the Far East. And I think that's going to show out. Um, three years of declining profits. You know, you look at a company like HSBC and that, that is a, a giant red flag. But when you actually read the story underneath it, um, I think they're going to do rather well this year. Um, some of that is due to the, the obviously the capital release. They don't need to have the same liquidity ratios as before. Um, but that money can be well spent, and I don't think they're going to spend it on a dividend. I think they're going to get rid of stuff they don't want, and I think they're going to double down on the stuff that they do want. Vulcans acquired US concrete, That's by the way, interesting. US steel, which makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right, then. Uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, thank you very much for listening today, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave us a comment or a question. Uh, we have decided to set up the midweek footy, playing footy. <laughs> I totally forgot what it is. Uh, <laughs> we've decided to set up the midweek video, and that's basically when we answer all the questions because we were just getting so many questions coming in. Uh, we thought we'd just separate it out. So have a look out for that midweek. Uh, leave a comment, question, and if you're listening to this on Spotify or Audible or anywhere in the car, on the toilet, whatever you want to do with it, uh, please feel free to leave us with a five-star review um thank you very much everyone for listening again and no. we'll see you next week it's first time paul hasn't called it a five-star like <laughs> <laughs> i'm amazed how many people own stocks i'm amazed how many people own stocks The sucker's going up.